Welcome to Avowedcast, the fan community podcast for Obsidian Entertainment's future RPG game titled Avowed. This is a podcast for fans by fans. We're not affiliated with Obsidian in any way, but we promise not to try to convince them that ski goggles are the future of human interaction. Today, we're talking about you. Yes, you, listeners. Today's episode is dedicated to answering listener emails. Hello, Watcher. Thank you for accepting our invitation. You stand within the Crucible's heart as one of the stewards of this place. It pains me to admit that you've caught us in a state of floundering weakness. Welcome to Aboutcast. Today we're going to talk about you. We're going to address the emails we've been getting over the past six months and uh, plow through a lot of them and answer some of your questions. Some things that the listeners have been asking for a little while that we haven't been able to address. And that's our main focus today. Um, but before we get into that, um, I want to go around the group here and see what everybody's been up to. Um, Gingerino, why don't you start us off? Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, you know what I've been playing. Come on. It's The Legend of Zelda. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, I'm just just like everyone else in the gaming world right now. I got my hands on Tears of the Kingdom. I have to really stop myself from saying Tears of the Kingdom because of a personal joke at work. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've just been playing. I've just been playing that since it came out and I love it. It's It's been so much fun. I cannot believe the freedom that... Nintendo has given the players with the powers you have in that game. It's and the things that I've seen people make already is hilarious. Yeah, how many hours are you are you into it? Oh, I'm only I don't know, maybe a few hours, maybe several hours at this point, but I'm very far away from finishing the game. I did get to the first like main temple, the first main dungeon. I've done that already, but you know, that's, you know, that's just the first part. So but uh, I've been having a lot of fun just just dicking around because like, you can you can attach any movable object in the game to any other movable object in the game. You can just attach them at will. Wow. Yeah. And then there are some objects that like shoot fire. There are some that have wheels. There's a, a rocket that you can make. And this, it's just unprecedented freedom on Nintendo's part that they've given the player. I saw a TikTok of this dude who made a rocket that I swear if, if space exists in this world, it shot it into space. Like it just went off the map. I don't know where the, where it landed, but they made a multi-tiered rocket that would uh, launch like different canisters at different times. It was insane. Now, do they have, I assume that they have their own custom engine. I haven't ever really researched it. I mean, they're not using like unreal four or anything are they for no, the switch mu it must be a custom engine and it's pretty impressive considering like how old the hardware is that they're pulling off a game like tears of the kingdom on just a vanilla switch which is what i have it's it's the physics in the game is very impressive and the level of experimentation you can have is a lot of fun i could see why people are playing it this might be my first and only like front to back zelda completion so we'll see. Nice. I mean, everybody's been raving about it and about what they've been able to basically squeeze out of that old tech that is the Switch. I mean, that thing's pretty old at this point. And 
and it's to produce something that's going to probably be the game of the year, you know, uh, that's pretty incredible. I mean, and, and another thing it does is it kind of restores our faith in um, game development because oh, it's so good. Yeah. Everybody's been leaning on the, the pandemic crutch for so long. Oh, it's the pandemic. We just couldn't do a good job. And then here comes this game, which was obviously developed throughout the pandemic. Um, and it's amazing. So yep. ho hopefully that can start kicking the crutch out from some of those people and they can stop using that as an excuse. Uh, to I make just love that. It, I love that it comes out the box done. Like it's not a game that's getting updated to be finished. Like, yeah, you buy it day one and the game is done. It's fully complete. And I just I love having a game return to that. And I love the lo the open world design. I mean, I know everyone knows that from Breath of the Wild. But, you know, like it's I feel like if Ubisoft took this kind of design, they could have a lot of success because when you open up a, a game in a Ubisoft map, it's just dotted with icons of things that you have to go to. Yeah. But if you simply just removed the icons and forced the player to look around in the actual game space to find the things that they're supposed to interact with, they have a lot more fun, they explore a lot more because it's like that in Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. You just you just look with your eyeballs and see something and go, huh, I wonder what that is. Well, yeah, and you do, or you do like the the Bethesda model, Skyrim, and in some Fallout games, you have to explore first. You know, unless you get a mod, you have to explore first, and then it discovers what you're looking for, and then it adds it to the map. So exactly. So I that's don't know. the way to go. Anyways, we talked about that long enough. That's what I've been playing. It's lots of fun. It's it lives up to exactly the hype that you're hearing. Awesome. Uh, parenthesis, what have you been doing? So I've been playing uh, the game called Ixion, which is a survival strategy game, sort of in the vein of Frostpunk. In it, you shepherd the remains of humanity towards a habitable exoplanet uh, after all the Earth has become uninhabitable. It has some nice ideas uh, and a good story and setting, but where Frostpunk found the balance between indirect control, choices with unknown effects, and the need for maintenance, Ixion goes goes way too hard on all of those. It's like you have, yeah, it, it's, it, it would take like five or 10 minutes to go into detail why, why the individual choices they have made aren't bad per se, but, they, but combined, they just make it, the game finicky and annoying, where, where you sort of go, I'm supposed to, do these high level things, but I keep getting bogged down in minutia. It's not That's a bad annoying. game by any means of the imagination, but you just have to go into knowing that this, this, this will be, a, there'll be slogs. Excellent. Um, sounds like another buy for me, for, uh, for sure. Um, Remoran, what have you been doing? I have put an embarrassing amount of time into Zelda. At this point, <laughs> another I Zelda. Mean, okay. Yeah, I have. I did two of the temples. I have like eighty-four shrines. Yeah. I have been playing that a lot. Great. Yeah. You have a problem, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I I'm trying to. I this is silly of me to do, but I'm gonna try to finish this game, um, fast-ish, but still enjoy it. Like still, because I'm not just gonna go straight through the the story, but because. I mean, you guys know the next couple months are crazy. Diablo comes out in like two weeks. I know. Then like two or three weeks after that, Final Fantasy 16 comes out. 
August has Baldur's Gate three, and then September is you know uh, yeah, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it's I insane. I think I'm going to skip Diablo and Final Fantasy for, for Zelda. I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to get this one done. Good. I think that's I don't I mean, there's no need to rush e- any of those titles, really. I mean, the Diablo, the only thing is that it, the multiplayer aspect and jumping in when everybody's online. But yeah, it, that's true. You know, it's really a single player game. That's what it's designed to be. So yeah. it'll be there a year from now. I mean, um, I like the idea of just jumping into something and really uh embracing it you know and loving it i have not i purchased uh it for my child uh for my daughter because she's a zelda fan and so she has my switch so i will not be playing it anytime soon um <laughs> just living just by the way it goes yeah yeah she tells me how great it is so i did jump into ravenlock on the xbox and played uh, quite a bit of it um Cute, right? i uh i liked it at the beginning um I'm not a big fan of it right now. I kind of got bored. Yeah, I don't it, know. It's more of the same, really, is after a while. Yeah, and I felt like they didn't, I mean, they didn't do a great job of kind of uh, guiding me. I kind of got lost in, like, what am I supposed to do next? And I ended up doing the thing where you're running around talking to everybody. Wait, who's Bob? I don't remember Bob. You know, yeah. it was just, it was a little bit too independent for me but it, yeah. the graphics were stunning i love the the perspective and the style of graphics they use um the the combat was kind of neat you know it was kind of diablo-esque uh it, it was fun but it wore it wore off and i'm not going to finish it i just uh, i'm going to move on to something else so i'll probably hit diablo when it comes out so we'll, we'll see we'll see about that ravenlock is good for achievement hunting but uh, yeah, as far as a gaming experience, it's good that it's only three or four hours long. <laughs> oh, okay. So maybe, like, maybe I'm halfway through it. <laughs> you might you might be. It's a really short game, which is good, because I think if it was any longer, people would be like, oh, I'm so tired of this. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was neat. It was a fun distraction for a little bit. So let's move on. I want to get to today's content. But before we do that, there's a couple of bits of news I wanted to get into. Um, first, I want to I want to talk uh, real quickly about some Starfield news because I do think it's linked a little bit to Avowed development slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to do just a real brief Avowed update where we are right now, and then we'll get into those listener questions. So the most recent news from Starfield, of course, that just came out last week was the ESRB rating where they gave it the M for mature. Um, this is the Entertainment Software Ratings Board. Um, and so during their justification, they actually listed some things that about the game that we kind of, I guess, knew, but didn't know. Um, and they really focused on three things, drugs, violence, and sex. So it's like a GTA game, I guess, (laughs) but, uh, you know, drug use, they talked about, there's this place called neon, the pleasure city. Evidently, it has fish with some sort of psychotropic effects that are used to manufacture a drug called Aora. Aora? I hate to say Eora. (laughs) Yeah. Aura? It's like Aora, right? It's A U R O R A. A U Aurora? Aurora. Holy shit. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't know. I don't actually how it's pronounced, but that's how it's spelled. Anyway, this is used in the game's story. It's a big, it flows throughout the system. 
Um, it's a big element in in the game. So you you actually it says in the ESRB that you part of the the quest line is you're manufacturing, you're working in a factory to make this drug and um, all sorts of other things. So there's drugs, violence. It talks about it's fast paced combat with frequent gunfire, lasers, axes, explosives, cries of pain. <laughs> this is the this is their quote. <laughs> And explosions. Um, attacks on some enemies can result in blood spatter effects. Several environments depict blood stains on the ground around the corpses. Um, so violence is a big deal. Sex was another thing. This one was the thing that kind of hit me a little bit when I was thinking about Avowed. Um, it has suggestive dialogue, uh, most of which was after sharing a bed with someone. So like post-sex dialogue. Oh, I've heard about the I've heard about the real cringy lines. Yeah. So here are three of the lines they shared in the ESRB rating to give an example of why they gave it the mature rating. These are so Uh, good. I've never heard them. Here's the first one. Um, This is direct quote from the game. I'm all about getting a little wild, but next time, let's try it without the jetpacks. Oh my god. <laughs> no, please. Uh, so, yeah, this is top tier Bethesda writing right here. This is jet um, jetpack sex is a thing, people. Sounds like yeah. a Justin Timberlake song or something. You realize, Sora, by reading that out loud on this episode, you've now made a Voudcast M rated. Whatever. Welcome to a Voudcast um, after dark. Yeah. Come after us, please. Uh, <laughs> just don't just make sure you do bring the jetpacks. We're into that stuff. Um, and there's others. Here's the, here's the next one. Um, this is a direct quote. Life is a sexually transmitted disease that's 100% fatal. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone's like, I got paid $75 to write that line. I mean, it sounds like something. Like that. Yeah, it sounds like something a third grader or like just Corden wrote. It's like. <laughs> devil's mean, really? advocate devil's advocate uh, i feel okay. like i feel like cyberpunk's lines completely out of context of the world sound a lot like that now not that's not to say that that they aren't like that in the game some of them are but i feel more comfortable with that type of dialogue when i'm within the world if that makes sense <laughs> i guess but it's like this is supposed to be a post coital scene like I don't know about you, Remoran, but after, you know, getting down to business, I don't know if you look at your partner and go, you know, life is just a sexually transmitted disease. It's 100 percent fatal. Anyways, I had a good time. What about you? Not recently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't store the one liners off to the side, you know, <laughs> just I, I mean, I I, that's kind of crazy. There's one more. Here's the last one of their uh, famous writing. This is a direct quote as well. Talk about seeing stars. Whew, that was amazing. <laughs> so have, i guess that's the question have we hit a new writing low or is this as rimmerin said ha- out of context is more like one of the fallout style it's goofy probably out of context I mean, it depends on the delivery of the voice actor oh that was amazing you know like depending on who what who you're playing maybe that's maybe that's exactly what you want to hear so parenthesis, are you okay with this kind of writing, even if it if it's in a context that's kind of goofy and playful? No, and I'm actually going to justify it. If 
Yeah, let us imagine that this is actually a, a established NPC that you have been romancing and not just some sex worker you picked up. Now, of course, sex workers need to have need to treat them with respect and dignity. They are human beings after all. But my point is, if this is a romantic partner that you have been interacting with for a while, this is not how you should do it. I mean, <laughs> imagine that you, the player, have you have you, there's. Look, there's the bond that the designers have made between you and the romantic uh, person, and there's the bond that you, the player, have imagined in your head. This spoils it. If we imagine that the, if the sexual encounter is the, the last thing that happens, the last unlock, so to speak, in the, in the chain of romance, which I don't think it should be, then it should be the capstone. This ruins everything. This is awful. <laughs> I had I, as much fun as I'm having. I do agree with parenthesis. I think it's yeah. ridiculous the approach that romantic relationships and games takes, and like that's the this is just like the pinnacle. Oh, you did the thing. Romance chapter done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it cheapens it really. It cheapens yeah. the what the effort you put into kind of what parenthesis was saying. The effort you put into it. The this this culmination or or you know uh I hate to use the word climax or whatever but you're <laughs> you're this point where you've reached this this if it like it if it isn't just a sex worker um then you know, even still it's just this 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 romantic connection and it, it does kind of cheapen it for a quick laugh which i don't know i can see it go either way i can see the argument either way uh, i personally these are just the lines that are considered suggestive. That was the point of the ESRB rating. Like there could be other romantic lines or like post sex lines that we're just not getting because it wasn't too suggestive for the the rating. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you could argue that fallout was in a way kind of similar, you know, I mean, there were, there were dialogue in that dialogue and that was not, not astounding, not obsidian level. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was an action game, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards is that, you know, Starfield, as much of an RPG as it's going to be, is is really sounds like it's leaning more towards the action. But who what are we to know? I mean, there, Bethesda is a story company as well. So who knows? This is we just have a smidgen here. There's a couple of other facts that were revealed. These were from PC Gamer. Um, that uh, will have more hairstyles than in the Fallout games. Um, Starfield. Oh, this one's interesting. Starfield Steam update removes the Russian language support. That's weird. Um, no idea what the reason for that is, but I, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, so no Russian language support for the game. Um, Xbox and Bethesda teamed up to create a Starfield energy drink that's releasing this summer. It's already out in the UK and some parts of Europe called Lucasade. I don't know what if I pronounced that right. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be like lemonade, but Lucasade. Um, you cannot fly ships in the planet atmosphere, just uh, in space. You basically push a button and it's animated. Um, you're, we kind of heard about that. Another Starfield thing is that this summer we should expect an official Starfield song with singing. Um, <laughs> All right. And everyone, give me, what, what do you think it is? What do you think? Starfield, Starfield. Going to the stars. I'm picturing uh, 007, one of those openings. Yeah. Having sex yeah. with jetpacks on. <laughs> <laughs> All that good stuff, you know, the Ed Sheeran kind of style, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, that's our Starfield update. I thought that was interesting because it shows me 
from the facts that we've gotten that they seem to be leaning more towards the action side and less towards the RPG side, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's just the facts that are presented, um, which is, you know, of course, who knows if that's the direction Avowed's taking or not, because we just don't know. Um, so Avowed so far, I want to give us just a, I'm going to run through these really fast. These are things we already know for people who may be just starting to listen. And we have picked up our listeners uh, quite a bit. So if you're just listening, um, these are kind of some of the things that have been happening since 2020. So we got the trailer, which was the official release from Obsidian in 2020 that gives quite a few uh, teaser images, which we've talked about ad nauseum. You can go back and listen to our uh, discussion specifically about the trailer to see you know, what images in the trailer and what we think they refer to. We have the leak from Spunger, which came out shortly after the trailer um, on Reset Era and in July of 2020. This was the listing that kind of briefly mentioned things like it's a fully open world set in the living lands, real time weather, has mod support. You have companions like in POE. Um, you have game bosses, two large cities with a lot of smaller ones, um, a story involving a fight against uh, an incoming threat of tyranny, which is kind of independent from POE's story. And it mentions that it had been in development for two years. So development had started in 2018. Again, these are rumors from a post in a Reddit style internet site. Um, so take them as they are. Um, who knows where it came from? And it's quite possible that it could just be a bozo sitting at his computer in his grandma's basement or something. Who knows? Um, the next thing we got was Jason Shearer, who's a reporter who used to work for Kotaku, but now works for Bloomberg News. Um, he tweeted in very early 2021. I don't remember when it came out when he tweeted this. Uh, but he basically said Avowed has gone through some reboots and changes. They've changed directors. Uh, wouldn't expect to play it for a while. This I'm pretty sure this came out right before the 2021 showcase. but. Obsidian fought back at that and said, no, it is not a reboot. It is more of a refocus. Then Jez Corden later that year in October came out with a Windows Central article, if you call it that, um, and said these things that Avowed will use the Outer Worlds assets and style of play. Avowed will use POE lore and magic system, dual wielding, uh, two-handed spell casting. Um, pillar style guns will be prevalent in the game. Combat will be a, more of a loadout style, meaning it allows you to customize your approach, i.e. you have a spell book. Um, you, you pull from a list of hundreds of spells to fill your, your small components in your book to create uh, your own style. Um, combat is very action-oriented, not anything like Pillars of Eternity, where it's more tactical. Avowed will be more colorful than Elder Scrolls. Think Outer Worlds, you know, the whole fuchsia vomit thing. Um, However, it was obvious from the article, at least in my opinion, he had never played Pillars of Eternity. Um, and if he played Outer Worlds, it was only for a short period of time. If you read the article carefully and you go back and listen to our podcast, you'll understand why. Jez Corden in 2022 then topped himself again. Um, and on the Xbox Two podcast, he said the Avowed had experienced an official reboot and refocus. Um, because they felt the game 
wasn't uh, big enough for the AAA title that it was becoming for Xbox. They wanted to create a bigger, quote-unquote, and better RPG. Obsidian trimmed the fat a little bit, though, with this refocus by getting rid of things like the original plan, which was four-player co-op and other distractions. They, uh, he also implied that Obsidian was trying to uh, make the four-player RPG similar to the old PoE, but in a third-person open-world format. Um, this is what they scrapped and decided to go more with an Outer Worlds path and realized that they didn't want to make a Bethesda game, but wanted to make an Obsidian game. That was a direct quote from him. Um, said that he had seen early footage and it looks great. Then in 2022, even later than that, Game Rant confirmed that Avowed was being built on Unreal Engine 5 instead of 4. They had shifted from 4. 4 was what they were originally using um, in Outer Worlds, and they had started using in 2018 for Avowed, but they changed. Um, then in 2022, at the end of the year, we got the screenshot from Jez Corden, which you can find online if you just search for Avowed screenshot that shows two-handed magic casting, Lower res oblivion style background. He says it was from an earlier build. He says he played it and it was in a good state and it looks beautiful. Um, of course, this was the second tweet of his that he tweeted and immediately deleted, whatever that means. Um, then uh, Avowed also seems to be following uh, the Obsidian focus on storytelling with updates in LinkedIn um, in late late December 2022, showing that they have more narrative designers than any previous project that they've worked on before. Um, so they're stacking up on stories and writing. Um, Carrie Patel, we know, is the game's director. Her credits include game director of The Outer Worlds Peril on Gorgon DLC. She was a senior, senior narrative designer on The Outer Worlds. She was a narrative co-lead on POE2, narrative designer on POE1 and the DLC. She's also two, has two published novels, The Buried Life and its sequel called Cities and Thrones. So she's a narrative person at heart and she's the game's director, which is a good sign. Um, we also know that Justin um, Bell, who used to do the music for most of the games, Outer Worlds, Pillars of Eternity, for Obsidian, left Obsidian, and uh, went to some desk job at Sony for whatever reason. It was replaced with, uh, I'm going to mispronounce your name, it's Raison Varner, who is the new audio director. Um, he His credits include being the composer for uh, and sound for games like Borderlands 1, 2, and 3, Tales from the Borderlands, Red Faction, Guerrilla, Prey and Aliens Colonial Marines. So he'll be doing the music, what we hear so far. And then the last thing we got was a few weeks ago, we heard that Digimancy Entertainment Studio is an official collaborator with Obsidian on Avowed's development. Um, the Digimancy CEO is a former Obsidian employee named George Zetz. Um, Zietz. Um, he worked on New Vegas, Neverwinter Nights 2, Pillars Games. He's been with, he was with Obsidian for quite a while before he split and formed his own company. One of the writers for Disco Elysium, Olga Moskvina. She now works at Digimancy. She was farmed out to uh, Obsidian to help with writing for Pentiment, and now she's a writer on Avowed. Um, 
And that's kind of where we're at. I mean, I did skip a little bit and I went as quickly as possible, but I wanted to give people a general update on what we know so far, which is very little. Most of that's speculation. Most of it's um, elementary kids just learning to write, making articles and stuff. So there's not a whole lot that we know. I mean, other than, of course, the LinkedIn stuff was official. The uh, the news about who's working on the game is pretty official. Um, and the trailer. And that's really all we have that's official and, and pertinent. Um, so that's where we're at. So let's move on. We have a whole bunch of questions. I want to get through these and give you guys a chance to answer them. Um, again, I apologize if I mispronounce some of your names. Um, when people send in questions, for the most part, they, they use an alias uh, after the question. Some of them didn't. Um, but if your alias is your... <laughs> If your alias is your full name, I'm assuming it's okay to use it here. Um, so I'm going to, I mean, that's just your, your choice. Name, followed by your social security number. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I, I mean, what can else can I do? I can just say anonymous, but it, I mean, anyway. John Smith, one, 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 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first one is from Will, Will Nelson Joint. Uh, good name. Um, and it is Mounts. Do you want them? Will we see them? I'll leave depends, that up to you guys. It depends on the mount, I guess. I mean, I guess the generic horse is fine. Actually, there is. Do we? We don't see a lot of horse riding in pillars now that I think about. Do we? And no, see, we don't see it. And you're oh, you're on. You're in a horse-drawn carriage in the beginning, right? I guess. But do you remember? You actually never see the horses. I don't think. What are do What are we being horse? What are what? What are the carriages being pulled by? Guys, what what are the carriages being pulled by in the beginning of the pillar game? <laughs> Who knows? I'm having a conniption right now. I don't know what's going on. Actually, I think I remember Reke from the Deadfire game commenting on where are your horses? He does. Now oh, is wow. that just is that just a funny one liner to acknowledge the fact that the devs never put horses in the game, or are there just canon no horses available <laughs> in the Pillars of Eternity world? I think it's just a, a one-liner. Maybe? I don't know. I've never seen a horse now that I think about it in the game. Uh, clearly, they're drawn by, by Thestrals, whatever those things are in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's the invisible death horses or whatever. I mean, it is a fantasy world. They could say that there's no horses in the world. That's completely possible. I, there's got to be horses. There's got to be up. horses. I'm looking this up. You guys because, just for a while. Well, because, I mean, number one, it... Uh, most open world games that I know of for the past 20 years have incorporated that as a way of quicker travel. If they do keep it out and they say it's for lore reasons, I'm highly suspect on that. I think that's sus. I think that you just didn't want to develop it. Um, I think there will be mounts. I think horse right. will be a definite mount. Now, as far as other mounts, looking at the uh, the Aora Bestiary, um, Okay, there's I'd, horses in the game. I just looked it up. I, I I don't know why I didn't think there was, but I'm like I can't remember it. Well, because it doesn't stand horse. out because it's yeah. not really it's not part of the gameplay. It's not. Yeah. So I mean, there are horses in the intro of Pillars of Eternity One, but they're shoved in this corner. They're all dark gray horses, and the background is the dark gray rocks of the ruins. So, but you can't yeah. get a horse as a pet. Right. And that, and I was going to say, is there any other creature that you think that they would try to creatively use as some sort of map that's native to Aora? Stalgar. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, they totally would. They come on the Eric yeah, Lonfoth. Yeah. yeah, they totally do that. They're like the the like cat like almost lion like like thing. Right, 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 right. It's like fancy saber tooth tigers and right, like yeah. panther. Yeah, that kind of yeah, that would be kind of interesting. I agree with that. Any others that you can think of? I mean, maybe a dragon. I highly doubt it, though. I hope not. I like hope a drake or something. Yeah, that doesn't nah. fit with the lore. I mean, you're not going to tame this. Isn't Skyrim? I mean, let's not go that path. And um, beetles. Oh, oh, giant beetles! Hell yeah, I'll do That's that. That's from Morrowind. You're right. It is from Morrowind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and make them ride it like a skateboard. Don't make them mount mount it like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, that sounds like something you'd find in Grounded. So who knows? I hope um, there are mounts. And I hope that it's tied to a decision that you make on what options you have. I don't want my character to be able to mount anything. I want to have to become like leader of the Air Glonfoth before I can ride a damn beetle. Yeah. And I, I want it to be acquired. I agree with you. I think it, a mount should be something you earn. I don't think it should just be given to you or that you exactly. can just go and buy it at a stable. I think you yeah. have to develop something or go on a quest or make it, don't make it so easy to get. It, I mean, it should I, add flavor to the character build and the narrative that you're building with your role play. Like it shouldn't just be, oh, I got a horse. Oh, I got a style guard. It should be like, no, you have this thing because you aligned with this faction. So that's what you get. You know, right. I mean, I guess they could have theft like you you could steal a horse in Oblivion and um, and in Skyrim, you could you could steal a horse. But um, I don't yeah, know. But why but, would you do that when you can just go to your faction and be like, I'll take one new beetle, please? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> With wings. Yeah. I, feel like they, I feel like they should make it expensive if you can buy a horse. Yeah, um, I'd love so, for it to be so like... Like, like, I don't know. I'm thinking like in D&D, right? The first like three or four levels... It's very, very difficult. And then the thing, once you get a certain like um, level, the things that were easy, like traveling, is trivial. And I feel like it, it should be like that in, in all video games. I feel like travel should be difficult in the beginning, and then it, it should be trivial uh, once you get enough money to, to be able to purchase it. That way it feels like, oh, I remember when I was just walking from A to B. Well, think oh, about you walk from city to city. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Adorable. I did actually played uh, a Skyrim like that. One of my playthroughs tried to play it full walking, and it, I eventually broke down and did fast travel. But my my brother plays all open world games, no fast travel. He goes, oh, he walks. See, I don't have that kind of time anymore. I wish I did. Is, he's bonkers. He's crazy. He has two kids, and he still does this. I don't understand how he. I admire the dedication, and it does help with immersion. One of the things that I was, liked about the original World of Warcraft, the vanilla version, before they started selling shit all over the place on the store, um, was that it, you had to get to level forty before you could get a horse, and you had to. It was a. It was not easy. You had to pay for training. You had to get a certain book. You had you to, to break it, the horse's spirit before you could. But ride it was it. such an accomplishment it that. And yeah. it was slow. It was the the first horse you get is still slow. It's I faster know. than you were. It wasn't until you got to level sixty where you got where you doubled your your run speed, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah they actually, horse. yeah, they had skill a skill for horse riding. Yeah, they used to have skills for reading too. I don't know if you remember that. Like, I mean, it was crazy the 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 stuff you had to ramp up skill wise. But I like what you're saying, Rimran. I like the fact that there's. I mean, it's not really gatekeeping. It's it's uh, you have it's to put in some effort. Progression. 
yeah, it's a game progression. You want the character, you want the player to work hard at the beginning of the game and then feel powerful later, you know? So the next one is similar. I've put them together uh, because they're kind of similar. And we have talked about this one a little bit before, but I'll let you respond. Username. <laughs> OB3267P says, um, it's probably from some sci-fi movie that I don't know. Um, how do you want Avowed to handle fast travel? Um, should there even be any fast travel? That kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. So that's his question. Um, I think, yes, eventually you have to have it. Um, now, whether it's uh, kind of like Gene Garino said, where you can't just immediately fast travel someplace unless you've explored it, which I think is yeah. probably the proper way to handle it. Um, and what, how would you see them handle it story-wise, fast travel and um, Aora? Audra pillars or something, some something like that. <laughs> yeah, or uh, it could it could even just be you know time delay. Like, oh, you choose to travel here, and then you That's know true. six hours pass. Um, it depends on the size of the map because like if there's one thing that I enjoyed, and I know this is a completely different game, but it shows that you don't need fast travel time. Um, playing the game grounded, there's no fast travel in that game. Yeah, but you can set up ways to make it faster. So if like what Remarin brought up about traversal becoming trivial the further you progress in the game if the if the map is small enough and we have like really fast ways of getting around the map i'd be okay with there being no fast travel as long as i have that method of transportation but if the map is too big then you're just wasting player time by making him walk so i i'm not sure yeah i i mean i know they'll find a way to do it story-wise parenthesis what do you think about that do you think they should even have fast travel at all if it's if the if the map is big enough, yes. Just, you know, as, as the others said, just to unlock it tier by tier, that now you have a faster way of traveling. Oh, now you have actual, now you're high enough, now you have access to, say, the Adra Teleport Network or whatever, or just, <laughs> yeah. uh, or just use a game abstraction. Uh, the old I mean, ATN. There's, there's, there's <laughs> no point in, in, in wasting our time. The ATN, I love it. They're going to steal that from you. You need to copyright that. Nah, they can have it. I don't care. You have to wear some special glove and then touch the stone. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I did an episode on teleportation. It is possible, but they have not figured that crap out yet in the world. So they uh, figured see. a lot of stuff out. You would think they would figure that out, right? Yeah. It's well, getting the uh, God related accidents. <laughs> Although that was one of my favorite parts. We, we did discuss that last time. I don't know. They'll probably just do. I imagine they'll do like with what Skyrim does. Sorry, uh, you've been you've been to this city before. Cool. Just click on the city on the map and now you're there. Right. Which whatever that works. Right. Like it doesn't have to be a big fancy reason. It could just be you walk there. I you know. I think they're going to have I think the, the company Obsidian in general. I mean, I don't know now that I think about Outer Worlds. But anyway, I think in general, they want to make it make sense. Um, so I, I would hope it's not just going to be open the map and click on the city. I would think at the very least you would have to do like, go I mean, find, uh, uh, go find a wagon like outside of a city and kind of like they did in Skyrim. I don't know. Like I, it, that kind of makes sense. Like if I'm wandering around in a certain area and then my character thought to himself, Hey, you know what? I'd like to go to the capital city. Then instead of making me the player walk to the city from in the middle of nowhere, why not just click on the icon from in the middle of nowhere? I kind of, like, I I feel like if they do 
I feel like they can do something like how Outer Worlds does like uh, Supernova difficulty where there are like it limits fast travel options um, for those who want that. Like I would choose that day one, I think, if if I think inside uh, Supernova difficulty, you can only fast travel to your ship. And I, I can't remember way. exactly how it works, yeah. but I did remember enjoying uh, that little twist. It was a great way to approach the game because it makes you think like, how, OK, how am I going to how am I going to do this next quest with what I have? It, it, it's immersion. It, I think that's what the, the 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 trade-off is with fast travel. You lose immersion, but you gain like efficiency. And I feel like if they have from the start, because Skyrim, for example, didn't have that survival mode where they where there's no fast travel in the start. They only just they only added it um, as like a I think a purchasable um, yeah. mod. But I've played Skyrim with that. You know, my, my, maybe my fifth playthrough or something, and it is incredible. It is incredibly immersive. And I feel like having that option from the beginning would be really great if if they did it for avowed i think it would be I, it would be brutal but i like the brutal choice i would love to see them do something uh i would love to see them sway away from making the game uh acceptable to the masses which i know is probably not going to happen but i would love to see them do something daring and just say kind of an f you to uh this this strategy that like ubisoft and others have developed where they they try to make and i'm not talking about easy content i'm talking more about giving too much to the the player you know to and there's a couple of questions coming up so i won't talk about that that are kind of concerning that so the next question is from jenny um i kind of paired these up so they kind of make sense and this one is talking about maps and jenny asks um, I really like the Diablo style overlay maps, um, but some games ask you to switch the switch to another screen. Do you want Diablo style overlays or switching to another screen? Okay, can you clarify that about... a little more for me? I'm not sure exactly. So okay, so I think what she's uh, she I assume it's she is saying. Um, so in Diablo, I don't know if Diablo three had this. I think. Diablo 1 and 2 definitely did, where you could push a button and there was basically, a, it would lay over the entire screen. This is isometric, isometric, by the way, but it would lay over the entire screen, a map of the area with the little pointer, but you could still see yourself behind the map. So oh. you could navigate through the map, through this like a transparent, translucent. Oh, yeah. I understand now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I just needed that little, uh, I just yeah. needed that one little, uh, neuron to wake up in my brain. And now I got it. Versus like the Skyrim model where you, you have to switch to another screen in the menu system, uh, to see your map. I mean, yeah, you have the mini map, but this is talking about full game, yeah, the map. Full, full game map. I mean, I did like the way Skyrim handled it. Like it was a, a live simulated overview of the actual area you're in that was cool i don't like the regular maps unless they do like what did you have any of you guys played tachia no have any of you heard mm -hmm. of this okay they do something with maps that i fucking love so much and i i hope to god avowed does it can you spell it uh t c h i a it's a cute little game it's um it's uh what is it it's basically honoring the new Caledonian culture. Oh, I see. Up. I looked it up. Yeah, it looks really yeah. cool. It is a very cool, cute little explorative game. Uh, they have this one interesting mechanic where you can inhabit objects 
Uh, you could just like inhabit anything. So you can inhabit a rock, a frog, a uh, you know, wagon, whatever. And so your your soul just is in it. And you can move around. You can also launch yourself halfway across the map. Anyways, I'm getting distracted. One thing that they do with the map, and this is great, and it didn't backfire, is when you open the map, there's no icon of like where you are. It's It's just like a little girl reading an actual paper map. So you have to look at the map and then you have to look at the surrounding world to kind of figure out where oh, you are. I've seen games do that too. Yeah. yeah. You can press a button and it'll give you like a rough estimate of where you are if you're really having trouble. So like it's like her hands physically are lifting up the map on the screen, right? I don't I don't think that part is there, but the idea that you have to actually interact with the map like a tool rather than it just doing all the work for you, I you see. actually have to find the uh, you have to look at the map and then you have to look around at the world. And I really liked that. I thought it was a cool way of navigating. I don't know. It's, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I think that, um, I mean, we do kind of have hints that the game is already going to be moddable at launch. That was one of the leaks, quote unquote. Um, but I think that's also something that a modding community could do if you wanted that Diablo style overlay. My guess is they will not do that. Because it interferes with the graphics on the screen. I don't think I've ever seen a like a uh, that style open world first person, third person, e- either way. Um, over, I've never seen them do it that way. Well, I mean, well, probably- you know, you know who does that now. So uh, the newer World of Warcraft, right? You know, before when you pressed M, the map would just put yeah. over the entire screen. Now it's like a smaller map almost like a window opens up with the map and it's solid. But when you start walking, I think it go it's, it, it goes like a little bit translucent so you can see through the map. So you can see yourself walking. Oh, that's a clever I way to do it. I think that's how it works. It, I haven't played it in a while, but I'm pretty sure. Wow, that's cool. Like a middle ground. Yeah. Something innovative, something different. I think just, you know, I, I like it. I like, uh, I definitely don't want to, yeah. they them can do to it give me too much. Cheap style where you're actually holding a paper map in your hands and then you have to hold a trigger button to pull it in front of your face so it does it does technically overlay on you in front of you like it blocks the screen from from being able to see like where your character is but you're holding an actual map that you have to bring up to your face to look at yeah i kind of like that that might work i also think that like having the compass is kind of like that a middle ground too from skyrim like i found that i rarely needed the larger map because I had that compass above, yeah. you know, where I knew that, that where, where the icon showed up. So I didn't need it that much. Yeah, this uh, this next question deals with maps a little bit. It's and from a and I love this username, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny, uh, for the previous question. That's yes, good. it was a good question. Um, but this one is from uh, Lilith does Tinder. So All right. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the biblical. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> So the question is, um, it, it it's kind of uh, short and sweet, but I will I will state it word for word, and then we can interpret it. So it says, um, quest waypoints in avowed question mark with a spell to guide you question mark Skyrim clairvoyance question mark. Um, mm, so, so I think what quest for stuff quest like uh, when you get a quest, I'm assuming they're talking about waypoints like. Not necessarily on the map, but like I know in Skyrim, you had the clairvoyance, which would actually create like a luminescent um, 
yeah blue line that kind of leads you to where your goal is um and i guess lilith is asking how do you want to see that handled in a vow do you want to see a helper spell or do you want to see uh like skyrim does on the top of the the screen that little um compass kind of guide where you you turn and it, it shows you the direction you need to go how would you like to see them handle that in an open world third person game I guess my, it's first. We don't know if it's first or third. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. I don't know. My relationship with uh, quest markers in games has dramatically changed in the past few months. I used to love them. Like, I was like, oh, there's my quest marker. This is where I go. I like the little arrow in Skyrim in front of the door, so I know where to go. But I don't know. Lately, I found that sometimes it causes this psychological effect where I just run to the quest marker. And yeah. I think that's ruined a lot of games in hindsight. I think it's ruined a lot for me. And I don't know. I don't like quest markers anymore as a result. I don't mind them on mini maps. That makes sense. But in the overlay, like where your character's looking, I don't think I like that as much. I think it kind of takes away. As for the clairvoyant stuff, I never used any of those spells in any game. So I don't know if it was good or bad. I can't comment on that. I have to agree. I, th I think it's a crutch for, for bad quest writing uh, and lack of faith in uh, the players. So I, I would prefer that there was... I, I wouldn't mind like if you went down to the world map and it was sort of like, well, uh, the quest you have activated, it's, it's in this city. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and then, then good written quest descriptions so it makes clear what it is you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to do it. Exactly. Like even looking at the log of got to go to this place in this city and you're looking for, uh, you know, a half work of blah, blah, blah description. His name is such and such. You know, it makes you get into the game world way more. Yeah. And I have appreciated it when games force me to do the work because it's just so much more rewarding. Yeah, I, I when I'm thinking of that, I think of Ubisoft games and I think of Clutter. Um, and I like to be immersed. I like to actually like the to be able to remove anything on the screen completely and just kind of go au natural and figure my own way out. And very little do I and want. There's no reason that they couldn't have an option to remove that. Like the new Tears of the Kingdom has that option. You can have Pro HUD unlocked, which basically just removes all of the HUD. And you have to just go based yep. off what you see. So it's, it's there should be a toggle for it. I don't see why they couldn't do that. It would be easy, I think, to do that. Um, and that leads us to the next question, which is from Peo Lope um, that asks, uh, should we have a customizable HUD experience in Avowed? Well, I think I just answered that question. I think you kind of just... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Remoran had something to say before. Let's let him talk. I was just going to say that it's similar to... Um, like the new Hitman games, you can, you can kind of like remo remove all the helper stuff. And it, it's a very classic Hitman experience, like the first couple games where they literally told you nothing. Um, or you can add them. And it's, it's really simple, like remove HUD or you, you, you have it or you don't. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's an easy option, I guess, depending on the game design. Um, if the quests are, are written well enough that they'll, they'll be able to tell you where to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is also referring to little things like um, 
like you you kind of referred to this Rimmeran with the updates they've done for World of Warcraft where World of Warcraft has really gone into customizable HUDs where you can it didn't used to be this way but it is now this way where you can pull out different elements move them around the screen in their own small windows and then lock them in again and make them smaller and bigger and kind of really fully customize that experience that's what i thought when i read this comment i i say well, you know what my problem with that with these types of games is that they're designed to to remove as much of the hud as possible and i guess since it's moddable you can have you know other people do that but i feel like for me and ever since like skyrim or, or games like that i would like as little hud as possible um in front of me yeah it's it just it's just a better experience but at the same time you do need to relay information to the players so that their experience is also more fluid it's it's a weird balance and i don't see why adding a custom option to like remove certain parts would be bad. I don't see why that would be a bad thing. Give the player that control. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like less. Less is more for me too. And I don't know. I would rather them to spend their programming time and their time on the game and less worrying about things that can be done in a modding environment for sure. Um, next one is from White Noise. White Noise refers to a quote from Josh Sawyer and says, Josh Sawyer, after Pentiment was interviewed and said, quote, unquote, smaller teams and smaller projects will be the future of the industry for most developers. Um, White Noise goes on to write quite a bit. And then I think the gist of what the next paragraph is saying is, what does this mean for Obsidian and Avowed if one of their lead developers feels like the best projects come from smaller teams. Well, it means nothing for about because about a it does not involve just soil, uh, and b it's been launched and scoped a long while ago. So that's the answer to that. Um, about will be what the, the people who made a, who started about and continued about would want it to be. Uh, for future projects, well, I mean. I mean, we, we've all heard that the game development costs and uh, uh, ballooned and so have the teams and the amount of time you need to, to, to make them. So I fully understand why Josh Sawyer feels that after having worked on a smaller project, that, that this is the way forward because it's simply not as painful as, as these jumping, these enormous juggernauts that game industry tries to put out all the time. Well, and you can put up multiple things like they they released Grounded 1.0 and then just a couple yep. months later they had Pentiment, both were big hits. So if you have a huge staff, but you're able to just put, you know, a dozen or so onto little projects or even medium projects, just more games out the gate. Hmm. I'm also curious about the 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 context of, of what he was saying. I, I don't know the, the interview. Yeah, but like, there's I a want, lot of context do, missing. Do, do, does he mean like like just a small team exactly like how Pentiment was? Or is or does he mean like a small core team with like support studios um helping with the big work for like the, the big AAA stuff? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean I, he says uh it was after it was a Pentiment release post interview um and so i'm assuming what he's trying to get to is that um josh who's a big part of that company um and you know has this philosophy that smaller teams and smaller projects are the future of gaming um 
And, and I don't, I don't disagree with him. I mean, I think he sought that. I think he sought that out after, I mean, he asked for that, right? I mean, he, he pushed for Pentiment. He wanted a small team. He didn't want a hundred plus employees. Um, but I would also argue it suits the game as well. You can't have a smaller team making a, a, a Ubisoft game. It just can't happen. So no. You're, it kind of has to fit the game. The game has to fit the 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 development team. Um, I guess he could also be saying that it's going to be easier for people to publish smaller games and bigger games are harder to make now than ever before. I think there's also credit to the idea that big games will get less and less popular. Because, I mean, look at the recent releases in the last few years. Games are coming out or they're getting delayed because they're not done. And then they're releasing in this half-baked state I think people are getting tired of it, but also there's more games available to everyone all the time, and everyone's also more busy. And also, a large core group of the gaming world uh, audience are now moms and dads with full time jobs, and so playing a hundred hour game isn't as easy. So I feel like smaller to medium games are going to become more popular, and you just the small teams are good for that. You don't need a hundred people to develop grounded. Yeah, I, well, and I kind of I kind of side with what. Um, uh, parenthesis originally said. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I don't think he's as involved as people think he is. I think he's like, oh, yeah. he plays it, he gives comments and feedback, but I think this is mm-hmm. Carrie Patel's baby. And I think that, I don't know, I just feel like it, no, d- total respect to your question, but I just feel like it's you know, maybe the context, context can't be transferred to Avowed. It just doesn't yeah, fit. Avowed's, Avowed's already on its trajectory. So yeah, whatever, it's, whatever yeah. it's currently in is what it is. Sorry, Parenthesis was going to say something. We interrupted. I'm yes. sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, my point is that there's actually also a historical point, because or a historical context, because back in the uh, the noughties, uh, noughties, the 2000s after 2010, I mean, mid-level mid-level studios and mid-level budget games existed. There was, it was not just small indie games and, and big AAA. The mid-budget range existed. That went away because it became economically unfeasible. Now we're seeing these things come again. And I think it's in this context that Joe Sawyer is talking. He's saying, well, this space is, is, is now appearing again. There is now a place in the ecosystem. People are willing to pay for them, people are willing to finance them. People are willing to make them, and the tools are here. I hundred percent agree with what you said. I think I mean, I, it's a great observation how the industry is maybe shifted a little bit and how it's 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 getting harder to fit into one of those, and they're kind of splitting into the small games and the big games. That totally makes sense. The next questions, I'm going to combine a couple of them. Um, so there's one from a user called M Gamble. There's another one from someone called Win. Um, and they both kind of relate to the same thing. So I'm going to read both questions, one right after the other, and then we can kind of comment on what, what you think about the questions. Um, so M. Gamble says, would you support a shared auction house within a solo experience? And Wen says, what about microtransactions? Um, would you even be okay with them just for cosmetics? Um, and I think they kind of interrelate because they're talking about some sort of I don't even know what he means by shared auction house, but uh, anybody want to jump in on, on those? No, don't do it. That don't sounds do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, as much as I've, I've always been on the bandwagon of like, if you want to pay money for cosmetic stuff, go ahead. That's a big deal. But I, I think in 
uh, recent years, I've come to learn as well, and I think a lot of other gamers can recognize this, that when you include microtransactions or an in-game store, it shoehorns an entire psychological effect, and it also shoehorns, I, I guess, different ways of approaching a game. Like It affects the way you approach the game, your immersion, what you're thinking about, and I think that a lot of those ideas ruin the game. It turns it into something else that's flashy and just... I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of this stuff in gaming. I think there's certain ones it works for, like Fall Guys. That makes sense. Yeah. Something like Fortnite. That makes sense. But when you're doing a game like Avowed, uh, even doing it auction house style, it just pulls your head into more of a market share. But he said, it. here, help me with this statement. This is exactly what he said. So I'm not sure I get it. And it's probably just me because I haven't played a lot of auction house games, but would you support a shared auction house within a solo experience? How can you do that? You have your solo game, and then you have your auction house, which talks to a server that talks to all the other games where you can put up your 50 bear asses, and then people can can, pay, can uh, you know buy them for, from a price by bidding Diablo, on whatever. Right? Diablo had that? Yes, that. yes, that's our thing. And oh. I, and I, I really dislike it because it... it in a in a in a single player experience, it suddenly means that everything has to be locked down for the auction house to function as an economy. If I can just install a mod or manipulate uh, my save game or or use uh, a cheat engine to do something that, then there's then then the auction house is bullshit. Then then people are just losing their money or is it spending time doing useless things where they would just cheat. So, yeah. so ne by necessity, a lot of time and effort has to be, be put into making this tamper game tamper-proof for no good reason. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% against it. And even games that I think do it okay, like I know people don't like it, but um, a, a great example is I think Assassin's Creed, where I have played all the major, uh, the new Assassin's Creed games. And I have not spent a single cent on the microtransactions because they they're very they're kind of separate. They have the there's like a, a a seller in the main town of every single game, and you can go there and there's like this specific currency that's just for the microtransactions. And I don't feel like the need to to spend the money on it. Um, and it's okay. I I, I feel like the game doesn't need it. But even then, I feel the immersion breaks as soon as I get to that NPC exactly. in every single one of the games. I'm like, oh, this is the this is the microtransaction guy. You know what I mean? And I, I just yeah. hate it. Yeah, it pulls you out of the experience in the story, really. Um, as well, cosmetics, just, just I mean, cosmetics that in Outer cap. Worlds, how would it work? I don't know. I mean, do you get you wings on, on your Outer Worlds character? You I think get it's, why. it's also why there's really bad mounts in my opinion, bad mounts in ESO. Like the real Warcraft-esque mounts that don't feel like Elder Scrolls, where there's like giant like tigers and stuff like that that you mount, it just feels weird. Yeah, I mean, I think mod modding would take care of a lot of your needs. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I, in making money, the internal economy of the game should should rely on the game, you know, itself. You shouldn't have to try to get more money so you can buy something else. I don't know. That just totally doesn't seem like an Obsidian style game, although I could be wrong. So I don't see either one of those happening, in my opinion. Um, next one is in is a really good one. I like this one. 
Um, this is from David Barry. It was your username, dude. Um, and he says, where would you like to see avowed five years after release? With many sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about other releases, like if we look at Outer Worlds, right? They had two DLCs. I think they yeah. released one was like six months after the really original release. Yeah. I can't remember the time window. But within two years, they had two DLCs. Yeah, five uh, years is a bit much. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just curious. What that's a that's an interesting choice of five years. Is he thinking more of like Skyrim esque? Are we going to get the Avowed HD Plus, or what are you talking? Are you talking about content? Or are you reception or something like that? I mean, like I feel like what what you talked about with DLCs. Um, got me excited uh because i didn't think i haven't been thinking about the lcs because i've been thinking about the the game but like i loved both of outer worlds dlcs and i like can imagine a dlc with with land with an, another land mask uh kind of like the the big um elder scrolls dlcs that comes out that come out oh, that would be great i think well i would argue that some of the pillars dlcs are better than some of the game content Oh yeah, yeah. White March, uh, one White, and two. Absolutely, are yes, yeah. Incredible. I mean, I don't know. I that's just. I, I think you invest in content. I would like to see them invest in content. I, I that's all I want is more content. Um, maybe expand geographically. Maybe um, jump forward a few years. I don't know how you want to do it. Um, I think that. Yeah, I think that there is a concern that Avowed will have a, a, a finite story ending point, um, which we've talked about before. I'm not a huge fan of, which means that you reach the end of the story and the game ends and you're done. Um, I, that just makes me sick to my stomach to think about, but um, I get it. I understand that. Um, so that would not be good for a five years after release. That would be about as done when about as done. They might release DLC to add to that, which is fine. But if they're trying to create a living, breathing world, like a, a Skyrim-esque kind of thing, where even after you finish the main story, you're still, you're still living in that world, um, I could see them do a lot in five years. I could see them... Just really, and I could also see the community do a lot in five years, not just the company. I could really see the community jump into this game um, and just, you know, go hog wild, um, which they also did with Bethesda games uh, be before, you know. So I don't know. I see it thriving. I see it uh, a, a heavy community input into the game. I see it surviving and being popular after five years. Um, mm. That'll probably be after five years after it released, we'll probably be a year away from the next Elder Scrolls. So we still won't have an Elder Scrolls by then. I don't know. So this is a long time. Like five years ago is when Deadfire came out. So like, are, are we still playing Deadfire today? I mean, a lot of a lot of us are. And it's a fun game to I get am. into because it's got replayability value. Yeah, it's a different game, though. 
it is a different game. I don't know. Honestly, I think five years from now, I kind of hope Avowed's just like, you know, it's done. As everyone played it to death, they replayed all their characters. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There'll be new games out. I want to play other games later down the road. You know, like, I don't don't get me wrong. Who is this person? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I want to play the game and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to do nothing but play that game for a couple years straight, probably. But at a certain point, I want to be able to put the controller down and say, you know what? That was a great time and I had fun. Have you gone back to Skyrim? Have you gone back to Skyrim at all? Uh, I have a couple times and it was fun, but you know what? Like I'm done. Like I haven't played Skyrim in forever and I'm, I'm fine with the experiences I've had in Tamriel and it, then I'm, I'm just happy that it's over and I had a good time. There's something to that. I think, especially when like, like a re-release is not good. Like a great example is Spacer's choice. Oh my God. (laughs) I am so, I, you know, I put Did you pay for that? Did you pay I for that? For it and I put a ticket in um, to uh. Uh, private division asking like, hey, is there going to be another patch? Because the latest <laughs> patch, oh. like they added FSR too. Anyway, I don't even want to get into it. It's yeah, terrible. That's a whole other thing. I don't want that for avowed. I, I feel yeah. like if there's like, a, I don't know, the Audra special edition or something like that, if it's bad, then you shouldn't do it at all. So yeah. I, there is something to, to, to being done with something and just leaving it as is. I also think it's different because what you're talking about is jumping into the AAA arena. Like, I know that we live in this sphere where we're around gamers and gamers know Obsidian and gamers understand Obsidian developed the Outer Worlds and, you know, but on a larger scale, most gamers don't know that they buy and play games or the parents buy the games for the kids or the... So you're creating a you're 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 not just creating a game, you're creating a franchise. Uh Fallout would be an example. Um you're creating this this thing that you've invested so much time and so much money in that two years after release or five years after release, you don't want it to disappear. I think this is an investment uh by Microsoft. Hopefully they don't farm it out like they did with Spacer's Choice. Hopefully they keep it in-house and they they only do their thing. But um, I, I don't see it going away in five years. I see it being even bigger than it could imagine being because we won't have another Skyrim. I mean, we yeah. just know that it's not going to happen for a long but time. That's the thing to think about, too, is like this game has been under development for five years. So how do you keep your audience engaged until the next AR related thing or the next fantasy RPG, whatever the next spiritual sequel is to this game. Like, how do you keep that audience engaged? You know, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I love the question. Uh, David Barry, great question. It made me think a little bit. The next question is from user, uh, hallow or Horcrux. Um, Harry Potter fan, maybe, I guess. Probably, probably. Um, this, the this question, the question is Microsoft, um, has been, Recently, shadow dropping games like Hi-Fi Rush. How do you feel if they shadow dropped Avowed, maybe even after a showcase? Would you be disappointed <laughs> or excited? I would be mostly excited. As a, as a content creator for a lore podcast, I would be mortified. Um, <laughs> but as far as, as far as a gamer goes, I would be like, hell yeah, that is what I want, baby. Do you think they would do that? No, I don't think so. Uh, but. They would not do that. It, it's not the type of game that you would shadow drop. I can see them shadow dropping Hi-Fi Rush, and that was great, and I loved it. And I would 
don't get me wrong, absolutely love as a gamer to say, oh, today I can play a Vow, Dune 11 for whatever. That's crazy. Yeah, but oh, yeah, at, at the same time, I feel like they're, they're not going to do that. Very unlikely. Yeah. Oh, did you, by the way, did you see the, um, the Supra Land shadow drop? At least I think it's a shadow drop. I never heard anything about it. I don't know. On, what is it again? Superland. It's, it's on Game Pass, and this game just came out of nowhere. I didn't even hear about it coming in, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just not paying attention enough. Anyway, yeah, I agree with Rimmerand. I don't think they'll shadow drop a vow. That's too big. That's that's the kind of thing that you can get subscribers with, that you could ramp up and have people go, oh, yeah. I'm going to join Game Pass mm-hmm. now for this. No, I, th- I think that the model is not that way. They didn't do that with Redfall, or maybe they should have, but they didn't do that with Redfall. They didn't, they're not doing that with... Um, now, uh, that might be Starfield. true. They might not shadow drop it the day of, but could you see them doing something like, hey, welcome to Xbox Game Showcase. You know that game of Out you're looking forward to? Two months away. A little uh, something like that. I see, think now, so, but they've invested so much time and money. They need to build up the marketing... It- machine needs mm-hmm. to build up that's part of the curse of being silent for so long and they're their only spokesperson um that they've entrusted all of their news to is a guy with a sixth grade education so <laughs> you, you i mean that's what you're doing i mean that's that's your spokesperson and so they need time to build up to to i would say six months i, I would say that that probably next year at the showcase, we'll get a date, and it'll probably be in late November. Probably uh, that makes right before sense. Christmas. Yeah, it'll it'll be somewhere around there next year, <clears throat> and that that would be my guess. Parenthesis, what do you think? Do you think this is? Do they need marketing time, or would you like the big surprise? I think they need marketing time, and I would I would really like marketing time. I mean, I'm on a I'm a podcast for, for for this game, so if it was up to me, I, I would make it kind of a a a small e event. Just get some role playing nerds to play it, get, announce some celebrity voice actors, do some things, show some uh, some special physical editions with with Trotsky's, that sort of thing. I mean, or just, fly, yeah. Or fly out the fly out the host on the Avowedcast to yes, play. Yes. A, a, a <laughs> great idea. Fantastic idea. I got a suitcase. I'm good. I can do it. I'll be I there. My Avowed suitcase, always ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I keep it packed in the closet. So yeah. bring it on, Obsidian. I know I you're know. listening. By the way, the, I want the big surprise. I want them to tell me that it's right right around the corner as a gamer. No, as someone, no, you don't. Like I said, you're a different on- person. I don't know what happened to the uh, <laughs> Gingerino I, from the past, uh, but no, I don't. He's, I don't know. Who he's you. dead. He's dead in God. You're an alien. I'm a new man now. <laughs> I don't know. But as you know, doing the lore podcast, I desperately hope they don't do it. But as yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag. I, well, I think I, there's I other implications to announcing a date at least six months out, and that is that you're basically placing a a marker on the calendar. And so that affects other studios and other releases as well. So yeah, I, I should have been they, clear. I don't want them to say it's coming out today. I want them to like, <laughs> Hey, here's the release date. And I want that release date to be surprisingly close. Okay. But gotcha. not like, but not like next week, you know, I'd like them to say, Hey, we're announcing this in the summertime. It's coming out this holiday season. You know, that you, yeah. is, is ideal. <laughs> you know, they've abandoned what they did last year. They've already said they're never doing that again with the showcase last year where they said in the yeah. next six months and then like <laughs> half the games didn't release. 
So I'm glad, I'm glad they learned their lesson. It's good to see a company to learn from their mistakes. I'm just good. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Next one is from Demon Borg, who wrote, um, um, "How heavy will Obsidian lean into using guns in a fantasy world? Will guns in an open world adventure make it just another shooter like Outer Worlds?" I would jump in and say I would I would challenge your characterization of Outer Worlds a little bit there. I mean, yeah, you jumped around in the the fuchsia vomit world shooting things, but um, I have way much more time spent exploring and talking to yeah. NPCs than shooting. Way the more story, more. Yeah. yeah, way more story. But I think also, I get the, the point though. Yeah, the guns are a different type of gun inside. If mm. uh, timeline wise. Like the 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 you're not gonna have automatic weapons, for example. Um, <laughs> it's it's gonna be muzzle loaded baloney yeah. where it takes you thirty seconds to fire off now, a shot. That being yeah, I was gonna say that being said, they're probably gonna not have it as realistic as ha- taking you know a minute or two to to reload a shot. But at the same time, it's gonna be very slow compared compared to um, something like uh, uh, Outer Worlds. Yeah. If you want to use a gun in this game, I imagine you have to make a concrete build towards and it's going to be a very specialized build. Yeah. And as it whether, should be. Yeah. And whether it's sort of like, you know, melee, pure melee, pure magic, pure a, a mix of that. And then there's gun. <laughs> the firearm. You're going to have oh to be God. in a Malin from Rawatai <laughs> if you want to use a gun in Avowed. Right. <laughs> Automatic weapons in Oblivion. I could only imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> they can mm. mod it in. I'd play with that. <laughs> yeah, the mods will take care of that for you, Demon Borg. So uh, I don't think I think where you're leaning with the question, if I'm correct, is that you're concerned that because guns were part of the lore and Pillars of Eternity and they are part of the world, that um, this might become a shooter more than it becomes a an RPG. And I think that I think you're OK. I think you're in good hands with one of the key things Obsidian. about a shooter game is the fast-paced nature of a shooter game and the the firearms in this fantasy world are slow as balls and so it doesn't even align with the philosophy of that game design so i wouldn't worry about it even a little bit however um to be devil's advocate um jez corden mentioned when he saw the game that the combat even though it's a loadout style is very action oriented so i don't know if that means that yeah well or when's the last time you put any credibility to what just I, I know i know so i'm I not gonna know. listen to that i quoted him i can't believe it um <laughs> you know how much hate mail i'm gonna get after this because there's oh. he has like this legion of like drooling people who follow him and all his grammatical bullshit Anyway, moving on. Um, next one. I've got to be careful how I say this username. Um, maybe I'll spell it. Um, balls, 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 69. <laughs> His question. <laughs> now I'm going to spell the name. A-S-H-C-L-O-T-H. Ashcloth. So, yeah, that's what I was worried about. It sounding like. But anyway. Ash, ashcloth? You're worried it sound like ash and then the word cloth. A cloth made of ash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's wrong okay. with that? 
Yeah, I don't see what You worried that you're going to say ash hole or something? No, we all use ass cloth. It's fine. Um, cloth. All right, <laughs> ass cloth, what's your question? Uh, do you prefer predefined alchemy recipes or would you like more a more experimental approach in a vowed where you mix uh, multiple ingredients with different properties to create custom potions and oils for weapons? Hmm. This is kind of like, so uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild have a, a kind of um, a cooking system that when when you cook two things, it makes us uh, it makes a, a, predict a predictable result. But if you add more of the one thing, um, you might get like a, a, a double the duration or something like that. And I, I think that's what he's referring to. Some Yeah, because like so in so in some like Skyrim, you have to make a specific recipe for a particular potion but like you're saying tears of the kingdom it sort of just mixes the properties of the item yeah you're cooking i think with. that's what he's he or she is getting yeah. at i think i think it's the ingredient has a property you mix like that, that with another ingredient with a property and you get something i don't know about oils for weapons that sounds pretty cool like put on your sword and stuff that's cool yeah, yeah. to do that i could see that happening that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I would lean towards that than a predefined recipes, although I'm sure it's probably going to go with the RPG staple, which is pre-programmed, predefined recipes. I hope not. Because like, right. I mean, if, if Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom is like kind of shown anything, when you give gamers freedom to just play with your systems and break the game even, people have fun. And then it's, it's a great experience. So I don't know. I'd say go that way. I don't know. What do you think, Rembrandt? I'm the same way. I feel like if you're, the, the, what's cool about it is that you get an item and you're like, well, this item is similar to this other item, so it kind of has similar properties. It just, again, it's all about for me, as a gamer, immersion for these types of games, and it feels like there's some immersion if 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 you're looking at different different things with similar properties, if that makes sense. Well, and it makes well, you feel clever too, right? Because if yeah. you just follow a recipe, it's like, okay, cool. I made my potion of healing. But if you're like, oh, I wonder what happens if I do this. Yeah, then you yeah. feel like you've gone on an adventure in a, in a weird sort of way. But then it becomes another question, and I'll put this to parenthesis. So would you want them to expend the work hours, the man hours, the programming hours to work out a system like that where you create custom potions and oils that could be very different and experimental, um, that's putting a lot of effort towards something specific. Or would you rather them just stick with uh, this, this, and this, make a, a fire oil or whatever? How, how do you feel about that parenthesis? Yeah, I'm going to be the wet blanket and say I prefer just, just give me the, the static recipes and just... Make it easy because I don't. I like. I, I would like the develop, developers to to spend their time wisely, and I would like you to spend on the things that that matters for the the RPG. And and since this is, I imagine at least a a more story focused and a, a more uh, a less emergent behavior role-playing game, unlike, say, Tears of the Kingdom, I think that that's, that's what they're aiming for, and then that's what they should use for, 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 for their alchemy system. There's, I don't think there's a point to take this single thing and make this an uh, emergent system that's dynamic and all these things when the rest of the game is just more or less a, a giant state machine. Yeah. 
You know what? You convinced uh, me. I agree. I, I kind of agree I don't... with you, Princess. Yeah. And I mean, I love, I love the like, idea, but it probably won't fit in the game. Is I feel like won't... like balancing something like that too. Like I don't know. Remember the exploding arrows in in Oblivion? Like you can just like destroy an entire like inn by just uh, enchanting an arrow or something and throwing it. it. Just literally kills everyone in the room. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm on parenthesis side because like, like he says, Avowed's going to be a, probably more of a narrative experience. So yeah. why do I need to spend half an hour making potions? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see them doing that. But uh, the next one is from somebody who obviously who hasn't played the game or played the Pillars games, but I wanted to include it anyway. Um, Ken L. ask, did the Pillars games have controllable familiars and can we expect them in Avowed? And the answer is no, no, no. Uh, you, you. I mean, if familiars is if your definition of familiars is like pets, they did have pets, but they weren't controllable. There were animal companions as well. Were, if you're yeah, a the ranger, hunt, the hunter or the ranger had an animal companion. Spirit. Right. Okay. I see. Kind of a yeah. Player, right. Okay, I guess it depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about like a a, a bear that you could have that would be assist you in combat, yes. or are you talking about a puppy that is cute and follows you through the land? I oh, mean, give me a bear. Give me a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I no pillars did not have that kind of a system. They had pets. They you did have companions, of course. Um, depends on what your definition of familiars are. Um, even with your companions, the you mean you're you're yes you 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 developed and controlled them to a certain extent yes um but i would see avowed my opinion is i would see avowed as leaning more towards a single player experience especially hearing that they changed development after two years of development the, again this is rumor that they changed from the co-op model to solo play model i think they're sticking with their bread and butter i think we're looking at outer worlds in a fantasy world um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So I don't expect to see a lot of familiars. I don't expect to Probably see a lot not. of pets. If they do, it might be kind of like the pet system where it's just a cute little thing falling around that gives you a buff just, you know, just because. Yeah. I don't, like I don't little... see them doing that, but that would probably be, if anything. That's true. They did give buffs. So you could have like a bunny that gives you a speed buff or something. <laughs> there you go. A little bunny. <laughs> I want a little parrot on my shoulder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this one's a good question right here. I will direct this one towards our lore uh, podcast developer uh, in the room. Um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is from Katie Likes Ponies. Good name. Um, Skyrim had the Dwemer ancient civilization. Is there something similar in the aura? Was, is there a similar, did we have a civilization in Aora that just disappeared out of nowhere for no reason that we're aware of if you just play the game? No, not at all, actually. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there is something like that. And I have a feeling we will get to explore within ruins in Avowed. That would be fantastic. There is all, there's a whole bunch of mysteries that are unsolved. Like, I mean, can you give like a non? So obviously, they haven't played the Pillars games, but yeah, have okay. you? Uh, can you give a non-spoiler explanation for Katie? Okay, Katie. All first, also, I love ponies too. Who doesn't love ponies? Uh, secondly, if you haven't played Pillars of Eternity, um, there is this ancient civilization, this culture called the Ingwithin people, um, 
uh, long story short, they were they existed a long time ago. They apparently had very advanced technologies. They knew a lot about soul mechanics and how to manipulate the soul. They were just way more advanced than most people are at the time of Pillars of Eternity. And then they just up and disappeared. And a whole bunch of people are like, where the hell did they go? What the hell is going on? Uh, you do learn a little bit by playing Pills of Eternity what happened. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, there is definitely a, a Dwemir uh, analog, I would say, in mm-hmm. this world. Mm-hmm. Except we actually we know a little bit more. I think it's funny because they're kind of very parallel, you know. Yeah, there's and within ruins scattered about, just like Dwemer ruins. Exactly, yep. and, and I'm sure the Dwemers were the Dwemers were technologically advanced. They were. So, yeah, there's a lot of similarity there. That's interesting that you hit upon that even if you didn't play the game. So that's kind of cool. The next one is from Avery. Um, This is a quick, easy question. Uh, Will Avowed have cross-play between PC and Xbox? Like, And can I play it on the cloud like I play ESO? Yes. All of that. I, I would say I mean, yes to everyone. Yeah. I freaking hope so. It's going to be, and I'm good. That's, I'm going to enjoy that. I, I'm, I do that all the time with all of my games. I have, you know, my Logitech G Cloud where I play games on the cloud. I have my PC, I have my Xbox, and I play switch between them and saves, you know, co- go with me. Yeah, um, I'm getting Rock Ally in a couple months or next month. Wow. Um, and that is also going to do it. So, yeah. It better. I, if I if Avowed has separate save states for each of those platforms, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. Well, I think and the I Microsoft strategy is play play what you want where you want. You yeah. know, their play that, anywhere campaign. Yeah, that's their their philosophy. So I don't think you have anything to worry about there, Avery. Um, this is from KD, who says, um, is Microsoft's hands-off approach to studios good for Obsidian or bad for Obsidian? I, I think Obsidian's, Obsidian's, they're talking Obsidian's, about management, I assume. Yeah. I would say in Obsidian's case, it's good. I think they know what they're doing. They're big boys. They're mature. They can do what they need to do. I think they've proven themselves reliable. But that's just my opinion. I agree. I mean, what are the games that they've released since, the, since Microsoft owned them? Pentiment, Grounded... Both excellent Spe- games. Outer Worlds. Spacer's so. Choice Edition of uh, Outer no, Worlds. Well, they didn't, they didn't know that. It was, <laughs> That's they not didn't, them. It's not That's them. not them. <laughs> I know, was, I know. So maybe the hands-off approach there would be get Microsoft choose the proper studios to, to, to do a, 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 a new version of a game. But I, besides that, though, like the actual games that Obsidian made are excellent. And I, in my opinion, at least Grounded and Pentiment are both like 10 out of 10 games for me. I think there has to be a certain level. I think Microsoft has learned its lesson. I mean, I, I would hope to God they've learned their lesson after something like what happened with Redfall. I mean, it, we all know that just a basic QA person playing that game would have said something. Hey, dudes, this is not good. Um, there's all sorts of problems here. Uh, you know, but I guess, uh, and then, you know, Phil Spencer coming out and kind of burning himself with that great games don't make great consoles comment. I mean, so I think they're in a, a state of chaos right now. And I think that the, the, I think that maybe what KD is, is referencing is that leaning towards, or maybe not, um, but kind of they've been hands off for so long, they've gotten burned so much by it um, that they're, they're now probably saying we need to have people 
Yeah, they, they are, more, like they living with, in the studio with these I think people. With certain studios, like I think you got to pick and choose which ones. Don't just make it a, a universal declaration. All right, every one of our studios are gonna have to have a weekly check in to make sure you're meeting our. You know, I think it's just okay. You know what? Depending on the game and the scope of the game or how experimental it is, we'll be a little or less involved. So, 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 how many AAA games are we talking about? Let's think about it. So, Microsoft. They're not going to have that many AAA games coming out. They're going to have a steady flow. We know that, but they're not going to have that many. So why don't you just make it a deal, Phil? You play the damn game before it releases. Make that. You, it's not going to be that you have to play a lot of games. I mean, we saw you're playing uh, Pillars. So, um, I mean, right? Don't you think that makes sense? They don't have. It's not like they're releasing like uh, 30, 20, heck, even 10 triple a games in the next six months they're not they're releasing maybe three so that's what i think they should do that that's it that's how you do your hands-on you let a gamer who is phil spencer step away play the game for a little bit and then he knows pretty quickly and like Redfall's a good example you know within the first hour of playing that game something's off so you i mean i mean cut scenes that are <laughs> that are hand drawn and not even that well. And uh, half of the NPCs you talk to in the first 20 minutes, just mumble. I mean, you know, there, there are signs when something is off the rails. Um, So I think that's how they, Katie, I think that that's how they can be hands-on without being too hands-on. And I don't think Obsidian needs that, but I do think he should play about before they release it. I think that's just something that they should do as a, I'm sure he does. Also, Katie's name just makes me want mac and cheese real bad. I'm getting hungry. KD for mac and cheese. Help me yeah. out with that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm in Canada. Craft dinner is Katie. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, okay. We, we have, go ahead. No, princess. I was going to ask parenthesis how he would manage that. I'm actually interested to hear his approach. I think that they should have regular check-ins. Like, like, like. I mean, there should be an ongoing line that if there's something that's that if something is burning, please contact us. Otherwise, they should have like monthly <laughs> or so check-ins. Well, uh, okay, now we're here. Show us, uh, show us the key performance indicators. Show us uh, how, which milestones you've passed or missed. Uh, so let, let's have a have a day where we talk about everything, and then when there's something to play, try to play it. Try to have some uh, some, some qualified quality assurance people around. Play it now and again, and say, "Yep, yeah, this is good." Or, "Nope, this is a burning wreck." Please do something. Please sign here, here, and here. <laughs> maybe outsource the quality assurance. Maybe instead of like Obsidian getting the quality assurance players, maybe that's what Microsoft yeah, can handle. Maybe you don't have a QA team at the studio. Maybe you have a QA house, in that you have like a slew of like a hundred QA people, and then Obsidian gives you the game, and then you give it to them. I mean, I don't know how it works. Obviously, I'm an idiot, so I have no idea how the flow We're all idiots, is. and we're making this show together. I know, but I'm just saying it, there's a problem. So, obviously, but I don't think Obsidian is part of that problem. I think I they they stand on their own. I think so far, they haven't shown us any evidence that they would release a game uh, in that state. So, a uh, next question, Charlone asks, do you think Avowed will have co-op play? I think we kind of already talked about that, but do you guys want to chime in on that? I doubt it. 
I doubt that they'll include that. That just doesn't seem like Obsidian's MO, even with the success of Grounded, but Grounded was built for multiplayer. I don't think Avowed will have it. I wouldn't be against it if it was just purely in the have fun with your friends sense. Uh, I don't want it to be baked into the core game experience. I like it as an option. I would say, yeah, Francis, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just found it. I find it very unlikely, and I would find it. Uh, I mean, you would have to accommodate it somehow in in the, in the structure of the game, and I I, I don't think it, it would be a suitable game for this. No. Yeah, it, it probably wouldn't. It would have to be something like just put in as a side note, kind of like you know, in, in Dead Fire, they put turn based mode as an option for combat, even though that clearly was not the design for Dead Fire, but they put it in just so you had it. I'd be fine with uh, co-op online being something similar where it's like, this is very clearly not how the game was designed to be played, but whatever, <sighs> fine. You want to kill Zarops together? Go for it. Who cares? It's I hadn't game. even you thought about it. that with Dead Fire. That's really interesting. So yeah, I I don't think so. I'm kind of leaning with Brent this year. I think you have to, with a story, a narrative game, you have to bake it in. And unfortunately, I think... Unfortunately, I think about is 99% going to be one of those games where you get to the end and the credits roll and you're done. Um, so if that's the style, then I just, just doesn't lend to a co-op kind of exploration gameplay. It wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then what would you get out of it? It's supposed to be a narrative game anyway. I mean, if we're being devil's have if we're saying that, you know, I mean, it's a narrative game. Name a narrative co-op game. No, exactly. It, I I agree. Oh, well, it wouldn't be oh, very well done. There's a couple of those, right? There's like uh, like um, Wasteland Three, right? Was co-op and uh, yeah, but is uh, I never played it, so I can't really answer that. It's going to be um, and uh, Divinity Original Sin Two also co-op, but like they're all CRPGs. I I don't think I've ever played a a first-person game like a Skyrim-like game co-op. I don't think those exist. They could make it work. I know they could, but well, it's they do have they it. Should you know? Skyrim is co-op now. You know that, it's, but it's a it's a it's mod. mod. It's a mod. Oh, and the mod, oh. modders will take care of that. So, like, but that's a whole other conversation. Modders will do what they want, and if you want the mod, you can go get it. Will yeah. Obsidian put it in their game? Probably not. Could they? And could they do it well? They probably could, but will they or should they? Probably not. I I don't see it being. That's just not their style for this kind of thing. Not if it was that. grounded. Yes, but yeah. I feel like it breaks immersion. I mean, it's all about immersion for me. And like it, seeing someone, one of my friends pop in and out of the world, like I'd like to, it's, it sounds funny, but when I'm playing a game like Avowed, I want to be in Aora. And if yep. someone is with me, I'm I'm not there. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah, I'm, but that's, that's you and me, right? Some people don't care about that as much. And those it's people true. are yeah. monsters and they shouldn't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even if that's not your thing, I just don't see it happening. It's just so antithetical to, at least in my opinion. So the only way I would see them try to do something like that, and I don't think they will, but the only way would be like, since we have heard from quote unquote rumors, again, these are not verified information that there are going to be world bosses, um, that possibly they might do like a dead souls kind of thing where they would let people, if you're having trouble with a boss, you could ask a friend to help you just in that particular contained environment to help fight the mm. the big bad. I don't know. That would be one way that they could possibly do it. But I, as far as following throughout the whole story, I just don't I don't see it. Yeah, um, I don't see it. And we're going to end with the questions there. I, I got a lot. I think that was over 
15. And a lot of those are re repeats that we've had a lot of people ask the same questions. So appreciate you guys writing in. If you want to continue to write in, it's um, avowed at gmail.com. Avowedcast um, at gmail.com. Oh, shit. It is avowedcast. <laughs> avowedcast at gmail.com. And yes. you can follow him on Twitter at avowedcast. Fuck. Anyway, you're right. Okay. Uh, anyway, I want to end by just let, bringing everybody's attention to what's coming up uh, Sunday, June 11th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time um, is the Xbox Game Showcase for 2023. Um, they have specifically said there are quote unquote new surprises and first looks. They have even presented a logo that, in my opinion, leans to an avowed announcement because of yeah. the colors and the way that it, it, the embers and everything. I think that's what they're getting to. And Phil um, Spencer's played Pillars of Eternity recently. Yes. And that's yeah. perfect evidence. He's playing POE. I mean, come on. He, he's you know what, got his... everyone stuff that hopium. Just go for it. What's the worst that happens? Right. <laughs> just, be just believe. Anyway, I, my vote, we'll take all our votes here. My vote is 100%. We're going to hear, we're going to see a trailer, maybe a little bit of gameplay. I think it, at the very least, we'll get a new trailer, story trailer. If, if they do, it'll be pandemonium. Dogs and cats living. Gingerino, the new Gingerino. What is your thought? Do you? What are we going to see? I've jumped on the fence back and forth. I think I'm too afraid to make a commitment to say it'll be there because then I'll be disappointed. But, okay, if you gun to my head, I think they will say something. I don't know if it'll be a big thing, but the, the very least, I think they'll do a small update. Okay. So, uh, something. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to sniff the hopium. I was just, kidding <laughs> <laughs> what if I like it? All right. Parenthesis. What's your prediction? I think it's more likely than not that we will see a story trailer. I do not expect gameplay. Okay. Oh yeah, no, not gameplay. For God, no. But I mean, just like a teaser, something. I know this will take will take anything. Remoran, what's your prediction? I have said every single year that this is the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again, and a you know, broken clock is right twice a day. So, hey, hallelujah, <laughs> yeah. brother. I agree. I, I mean, I think it, I think we'll I I think that parenthesis is probably the the right on the money. It'll be a story trailer of some sort to pique our interest, and that'll be it. Um, and they have a whole city, and is going to be listening to this later and be like, "Stop hyping up our audience, you assholes! We don't uh, have anything for you." We know it's an hour. We're going to be about an hour and a half. It's followed by the Starfield Direct, which I'm excited about, but uh, for Jetpack Sex only. Um, but anyway, uh, they will be about an hour and a half, and they have a slew of games that still we have nothing heard nothing about that are very people are very interested in. I want to hear about mm -hmm. the Flintlock game, that one, and as well as the uh, Nightingale game. Those are the ones I'm looking forward to hearing about. Oh, in Nightingale, I, yeah, Nightingale. We have our, we got the trailer, but not much more after that. Um, did you? I don't know, Remoran, if you heard about this because I know you enjoyed Grounded as well. Nightingale is supposed to be the same thing, that shared world kind mm -hmm. of aspect. As that's one reason I'm really looking forward to oh, it. I would definitely play it with you guys. So, oh, it's, I'm looking forward to both of those. Flintlock yeah. just looks like fun. Plus, it's got a little cutesy animal in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the more immediate releases like um, Hellblade 2 and uh, um, Forza. Angry Norwegian are, Lady, yeah, that's fine. They'll spend more time on those and Avowed will get a trailer just to remind people that it's out there. 
people that aren't us. And trust me, that's a problem. People have already forgotten about it. Um, unless they're a heavy duty gamer. Um, so anyway, that's going to end our podcast for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, Gingerino, where can they find you? If you're interested in learning more about the lore of the world that Avowed is going to be placed in, you can listen to my podcast called The World of Aora. We mostly just take existing lore from Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 and look at it. That way, when Avowed releases, you'll be able to understand the nuances of the game and of the narrative and understand why this person is dressed this way and why this person looks like a total dork. You know, stuff like that. Uh, World of Aora. Yes, excellent suggestion. Parenthesis, where can they find you if they want to watch some gameplay? They can find me on Twitch, where I stream regularly. They can find me under the handle Command Objective. And I mostly stream narratively strong games. Uh, and if there's no voice over, you will uh, sadly be forced to hear me narrating a whole lot. That's fine. If, <laughs> if I could describe parenthesis in a word, it would be hashtag deep. I love it. I love it. Um, and Rimran, uh, you oh. are still at Sir Rimran? I'm still at Sir Remoran on Twitter. Excellent. Sounds good. And you know us. We're at Avowedcast on Twitter and Avowedcast at gmail.com. You can email us. Uh, thanks for listening and keep gaming. <clears throat> I don't really have a way to end it. I mean, it's so stupid. Keep gaming. What a dork. Anyway. Um, <laughs> How is it? Was it? Go ahead. Later, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that in there. I'm going to keep that in there. Whatever. All right. I said it. It's there. Do All right. It. Mature rating. Here we come. We already talked about jetpack sex. Like, come on. How much better does it get? Believe what you will. I deny it. Thank you.